Hey, hey, everybody, we've got Rob Bailey. We dive into how to get closer to what you truly want. Rob opens up and shares with us his journey and difficulties of being an entrepreneur. And Rob gives us the give of reactivating your list of current and past clients. Check it out. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brandon Straza, and I believe that life gives to the givers. And today, we've got Rob Bailey to help you lead with the give. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks for having me, dude. Really happy to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You know, I was supposed to wait until the end of the show for our members to find out the where. Where's the best place for them to connect with you outside of the give? That we're going to tease at the end of the podcast. Sure. Um, I mean, the easiest way to connect with me as a person is just on Facebook. Um, my first name is Rob with two B's and my last name is Bailey, just the normal way. So that's the easiest way to get in touch with me. If you want to ask anything or follow up, um, you know, after the show. That's, yeah, that's absolutely. And we'll put that in the show notes there, but do not forget this is the one thing with Rob. He's my only Rob in my life. That's got two B's. It's got R O B B. Yep. Yeah. Kind of important. It, it's easy to find me if, uh, if you remember that piece. He's he's a stunning looking gentleman. Whoever's <laughs> out there, he, he he's you, you can't miss him. Let me tell you, he's chiseled. But that being the case, we should probably get into some more important things. You know, our ability to uh, our ability, or I should say, our availability um, of information has really changed over the last two to three years. You know, in our younger years, it was textbooks, teachers, friends, and family. Beyond the Googles, the YouTubes, and the other search engines. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? Oh, gosh. Okay. So this is like, um, that I, I think people might actually be able to learn something from that, from the way that I learn, because I don't learn like most people. Um, so when I was in high school, I did fairly well, uh, especially math and science. Um, got through high school without ever reading a full book. And I'll tell you why that's important here in a minute. But um my mom really wanted me to go to college. I wanted to go and do work experience stuff, um, you know, work with my hands, something like that, figure out sort of what I wanted to do. But my mom was like dead set. She's like, you have to go to college or else, you know, the day of graduation, you're out on your own, basically. And I was like, mm. oh, my God, that sounds brutal, you know. And so I think she just really thought that that was best for me um, looking back. So but like in my senior year, I figured out that I was like I had a reading comprehension issue. I, I, my, on my SATs was the first time it really came out. Um, and I, and I got bumped down to a non-advanced English class for the first time in my, um, like schooling. Right. And all my teachers were like, Oh, Rob's so smart, like blah, blah, blah. Um, but I was, I was le like legit struggling. So then I get to college and I start getting D's and F's. I've never had a D or an F in my life. And, um, even with some of the math and science stuff, which I was very good at, um, I was struggling when the teacher said, Hey, you have to read this textbook, this thick that I wrote. And so, and so instead of teaching us in the class, they would talk about other stuff and expect for me to read this giant textbook, three, four inches thick. Mm. And I just couldn't get through it, man. So I went to somebody, they tested me and it turns out I have a reading comprehension issue. Okay. So um, it's not dyslexia. It's something else. I forget what they call it, but I haven't looked at that paper. I, I'm not a fan of labels either. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell myself I'm dumb every day by labeling myself 
an incompetent reader, but I am very aware that it's not my strength. So the way that I learn best, and this is the way that most, I found that most humans um, learn best and there's studies out there on this is through experiential learning. So you absorb a certain amount by just reading, you absorb more of an amount uh, by reading and speaking or reading and teaching, right? Um, and then you learn the most amount by when you can uh, like read, speak or teach and do it. Like when you can do all three of those things, um, that's when you really. What were those absorb. three things? One more time. Go, yeah. I, I want to hear those one more time. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing what the science smarter than me folks call this. Okay. So just in layman's terms, you can read it so you can learn it by just reading it without verbalizing it. Um, speaking it, or sometimes people like I will read an, uh, a book with it, with the audio book in my ears at the same time, right? Hormozy talks about this too, but like, um, you know, you can effectively absorb the material at a high rate when you have an auditory or you could just read it aloud or teach someone, teach it to something. So like read a chapter and then teach someone what you just learned. That would also do the trick. The, but the the biggest one is like the one where you absorb the most is where you you read it, you speak it, and then you do it. Oof. Like, so that's the full experiential learning circle yeah. i would call it right so i was lucky i chose a state school in um in uh in california called cal cal poly and um cal poly slow which is stands for san luis obispo um their their whole motto is learn by doing and so every science class i took had a lab with it and i did really good in the labs and really struggled in the classroom so it's like super clear like what the issue was right no one really cared at school but <laughs> that's another issue <laughs> i mean yeah it's just th that whole system failed me. Like the whole Gary, if you guys have listened to Gary Vee and you listen to his struggle, like that was me, you know, at a certain point, like I would say 10th grade and up, that's how I, exactly how I felt. Like school is not for me. I'm definitely an entrepreneur. I definitely want to work with my hands, like all the stuff, but there's a reason why, like, I'm not, I'm not, um, my learning style is not like everyone else's. So that became almost like my superpower though. If you like watch, you know, superhero movies, mm-hmm. Um, they have the same weaknesses that all humans do, the same emotions, everything like that. But the the one superpower that they have gives them this like ability that not everybody else walking around has, right? And so once I became an entrepreneur and I really learned how to uh, learn, basically, um, I don't know what my learning style that fits for me best is. It became almost like a cheat code, right? And this took time to to figure out and to understand about myself and about the reasons why learn about the reasons why it was happening to me. But, um, you know, every time that I get stuck on something, it's because I'm in those first two phases. And so I, I am one of those people where I'm like, I need to go and break stuff if I'm going to learn this. Right. Mm -hmm. So someone could sit there for an hour and show me exactly how to do it step-by-step step, and I will forget almost all of it by the time they're done speaking. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I'll go, okay, I need to go and try to do the steps that you did and fail through them. It, like, that's exactly how I learn just about everything, right? So I know you're laughing because- No, no, because I'm going through what I'm going through right now in something. Yeah. I'm not laughing. So, no, so anyone knows that's only listening to this. Well, I'm not no, laughing I, at him. There's- Almost every entrepreneur like, I, I tell this to laughs because- I'm seeing just, Rob and me. Yeah, because they either can relate heavily to it or- they know that that is a cheat code for entrepreneurs because being frozen, right? Being um, 
stuck, right, is is a common thing. Like, hey, I can't launch this until it's perfect, or oh. I'm not gonna let it, you know, cut this thing loose out to the public until I know that it it's gonna work, or that people want it, or whatever the case may be. I literally all ass through that part. Like, I don't even think about it anymore. Yep. Right. So when you talk to entrepreneurs, they go, oh, dude, that is a cheat code, right? I mean, it can get you in trouble. Like, I've certainly gotten to sticky spots with it because, you know, but, dude, I'm fucking rich now, dog. Like, your cheat code made you rich. Read it, speak it, do it. And I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Did the system fail you or was it designed for the outcome that you got based off of the rules that they put into place? Okay. So that's like a third level um, if you're thinking about it that way, I, it worked out exactly how it was supposed to work out, I suppose. Yeah. Right? And like one and, of the systems I not- see today that helps with kids is Montessori. So school and Montessori, if you find the right Montessori school, yeah. hands. You, I heard from you, hands-on, tactile, actually like living it, breathing it, and then yeah. doing it. And I think mm-hmm. that's an area, again, fail, not fail, intended outcomes, not intended outcomes, but like actual getting your hands dirty I'm going through a process right now that my team said, you have zero time to do this. I said, yes, but I need to break it first and know that it works. And once I know that it works, it's you guys is, yep. but I'm going to give you proof of concept because I'm not listening to excuses. Totally. Yeah. It's, it, it can become a very black or white. It, it's like, it kind of pisses people off. You know, like if you believe in like um, things like, well, it's just, I, okay, so like most people are conditioned that way, right? Like, hey, everybody gets an award, everybody gets a chance, everything's equal and fair. But, you know, that's very common for like a public school system in the U.S. mindset or, you know, sports with kids, for example, right? Yeah. It's getting more that way as we get older um, or, or as, our, as our society matures. Um, compared to when we grew up, it was like, dude, you have to straight up earn that thing to get it. And that was okay, but society has changed. You know, it's like that was. I'm 45 now, so it's just to give you an idea. It's like 30 to 40 years ago. So, like most people, when they are, are a, um, you know, this is why I like science so much. I think in math, like when they're when it's like, no, this is black and white. It either works or it doesn't. Like the car starts or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right. The assembly the assembly line makes the machine or it doesn't, or it makes the product or it doesn't, right? Like you wouldn't, if your job, if you sold widgets and you made a a conveyor belt, just picture like a Ford Motor Company conveyor belt where people are standing there and each person puts one trinket on at a time until your widget's complete, right? If by the end of that process, you had a mongoloid instead of a widget, you'd be like, I don't care about feelings, but we're not selling mongoloids. We're selling widgets. Okay. So like it's, I think with most people's learning styles, they have to be real about what kind of outcome they're both expecting and want. And that's very difficult for people. That's the part of this. That's the hardest. It's not the learning style in itself or how to learn in itself. In my opinion, it's those two things, those other things. Right. Yeah, it's the expected outcome. And I think that's where in in the world of self-education and gurus and everything like that, we see this shiny object. And this is going a little away from education, but the intent, the outcome that we expect mm-hmm. sometimes are more times than not. Our expectations far exceed what the reality of it truly is. And I think that's because 
we don't understand. I think it goes back to the learning thing. Do we understand actually how to learn and know what the intended outcome could be as opposed to what everyone tells us out there? Yeah. And like, I mean, think about it this way, like in business, for example, we're all entrepreneurs, I think, or most of us are or aspire to be right in business. Everything's already been figured out. Sorry to say, you know, anyone who tells you otherwise is just probably a novice or they're just straight up lying to you because they're trying to sell you something. But even AI has been figured out, y'all. I mean, it, this is not a new thing. And you guys are like, oh, but like it just they just called it something different before mm -hmm. AI was a buzzword. Okay, well, it used to be called like machine learning and other it's things. It's been going, AI's been going on for a hot minute, let's yeah. be honest. And a hot yeah, minute dude. is more than a decade, folks. Yeah, it's like, you know, how do you think they came up with the concept of Terminator yeah. way back in the day? That This thing has been around for a long time, you know? I mean, it's, and, and I'm not saying like, I'm one of those people who's like, it's doing far more good than are there dangers with AI? Okay. Yeah. But there could be, but, um, but I'm not like a doomsdayer in that respect. Yeah. But you know, literally everything in business, there's like business laws, principles, things yeah. that occur that are like unavoidable, at, like basically, you know, laws like gravity, like, you know, no one's challenging gravity these days. Um, as far as I can tell. So <laughs> You know, but but at the end of the day, there's people who want to somehow go into the marketplace and challenge that because their expectations are just so wildly off. It, you know, like if you ever watch Shark Tank, for example, some people come in and their expectations are just not what the market will warrant. Yeah. And the sharks are just like, dude, you are high as a kite, right? So, um, you know, I think a lot of people, it, it has to do with stuff like that. Like you can build whatever you want in, as a hobby, right getting a um like a, a the market matching what you have to what the market wants and will pay for is a completely different thing or what they can it's, adopt you know yes. too often we see i'm innovative I, I can tell you so you've known what i've built okay you've looked a little under the hood yes sir and there's nothing that's like revolutionary about what it was you right. take pieces from here here that have already been done proven methods that work yeah. Now they have things that get in their way. You remove those objects, rearrange them like a Rubik's cube. And then, Hey, this product isn't anything different. It just simplifies some stuff trying to be edgy. And, you know, if you look at the diffusion of innovation curve, if you're over here on the far yes. left-hand side, it's not adoptable. Right. And, yeah. and I, I see that too often, you know, I mean, as, as entrepreneurs, just, you know, looking at those shiny objects sometimes out there, it's easy to lose our footing, our confidence and second guess the decisions that we're making along the way because of all the distractions and noise that are out there. Yeah. How have you developed a winning mindset and what are some of the techniques that you use to overcome self-doubt or rate limiting beliefs today? Oh, sure. That's huge. Um, well, first of all, I struggle with it daily, if not hourly. Um, so that's any, again, I, I, I'm just one of those people who like anyone who tells you otherwise is like full of it, in my opinion. Um, like, I, I I could probably write a freaking book on this one, like, and not that anyone would read it, but I, this is a deep topic to me. Um, mm -hmm. And so I don't know how much time you want to spend on it, but I'll just let me start with the most simple, straightforward practical swallowable answer <laughs> that I can give to you is it's like a muscle and you just have to work on it. Right. So if you want to keep a muscle in shape, you can't ignore it. Like if you, the, the rule with muscles and bone mass is if, if you, um, 
you know, use it or lose it is basically mm -hmm. what the, the one liner is on that. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people like this is happening. Not that this is probably TMI, but like, you know, as our parents are aging, they're not, it's like tough for them to retain their bone and um, muscle mass. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, it's getting harder for me to move around. So they don't want to do it as much. And when they don't do it as much, they lose the muscle mass, the bone mass, et cetera. It's a big problem with elderly folks. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, I think when you're, when you're talking about self doubt, it's the same thing. Like I've, I've accomplished a lot and I still struggle with it probably more than I think almost anybody that I know of. And I could, I should probably start a whole podcast on that and just talk, interview people talking about just that one subject, because I feel like so many people struggle with that topic, but it's not something that they really talk about a whole lot or write about or share with others or like to your point, the shiny object over here is, Hey, make money, get into entrepreneurship so you can have a, an abundant life, you know, financial wise. Yeah. Don't forget all the other stuff that comes along with it. The shit that you eat, the, the double taxation, depending on how you're getting. And then also the, 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 the reality of those around you of saying, so when is this going to pay off? And you've said that yeah. it was going to happen, but when? Yeah. But like, I've struggled with self-worth so much so that I felt like, you know, just ending it. I mean, and, and that's like, just to be real, with you um there have been phases in my life where i've just felt so alone that th like there's nothing left to live for like unaliving myself was a pretty reasonable option at that point right and i never used to talk about this stuff but like you know i think as a man like i and i have a lot you know, i have everything i'm married i have three beautiful kids i've got a thriving business um but the thing that creeps into my mind that's almost out of, outside of my control, and this is the part that I have to remember to snap out of it right away, is, is that that's a little voice inside my head that I can't really control, right? That's like my subconscious. It's a protection mechanism that's in my subconscious. It's like um, hardwired into my hard drive as a human for whatever the reason, my ancestors, my grandparents, my parents, I mean, I come from a military family. So, you know, that's just the way I was wired was just to shove it under the rug. Mm -hmm. You know, all the emotions, all the problems, all that stuff. It like it's it wasn't dealt with. And so that's how I learned. I was, I was just told to deal with it. Yeah. Right. So I, I know I'm getting a little bit deep here, but this has a lot Please to do keep with going. This well, is it's important. like, yeah, it's like this is this is why people have self-doubt. And it's not like I'm walking around thinking about this stuff all day, guys. I doubt you are too. But it comes from somewhere, right? So understanding where it comes from, like from a neuroscience perspective, I've been nerding out on this the past year because uh, I wanted to finally address it for myself. Mm -hmm. It's a short story. But um, the the neuroscience behind it is that your subconscious is like a hard drive that you most people have never cleaned it out have never cleaned out their hard drive. So like the stuff that you are conscious of or your subconscious. And it's just like a computer, like would you have a laptop that you never cleaned the hard drive on or updated from the, you know, 20 years ago, that thing would barely be running if it could even start at all. Right. But as humans we're expected to walk around and carry around all this junk that needs to be either defragged, deleted, like whatever, whatever analogy you want to make, that's exactly how our brains are created. 
by whoever mm. creates us, right? And depending on what you believe, like it's my belief that generational trauma is like a thing. And that, you know, my personal belief system is that there's, um, you know, I don't care what religion you believe in or whatever, like um, it's a, it's a, it's nothing short of a miracle that we are born, right? Just the fact that we are born. I think everybody can agree on that part, at least it's a miracle, right? And so to me, there's, there's not just what you've experienced in your life. Part of that miracle there's like, you know, a before and after somewhere some, that has something to do with it, in my opinion. Okay, I'm not telling you what to believe, but that's my personal belief. And on this topic of self-doubt and your subconscious and the hard drive and everything, I believe there's carryover too. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the thing to me. Uh, I, I'm, so I, I'm going to give a movie reference here or a show reference because you brought uh, superhero movies up earlier. Have you yeah. seen Echo? The, uh, no. the newest one. Uh -uh. Okay. It's going to, you're going to see a little bit about the past, the present, the, you okay. know, everything leading into it, how like it is, you know, Dr. Jeff Spencer, who I know you've spent some time with before, yeah. he calls it our human mindset. It's yes. always there. Yes. Your human mindset will always be there. You're not going to get rid of it. The sooner that we accept that, we understand that we can catch it faster. And our champion's mindset's able to come in and be like, ah, ah, ah I see this. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to embrace Perfect. it. I'm going to sit with it, but it's always going to be there. Perfect. So this is a good segue. So I, I'm still learning how to articulate this. So this is great. So Jeff Spencer is talking about it probably more um, uh, practically than I am, but right. So that's a great practical application of thinking about it. So we, so we have this thing that we largely can't control. So your subconscious, you don't even know it's there, but it's there, right? It's got one of the things that I've learned is that there are protection mechanisms built in. And these are also things that you're not aware of when they're happening, unless you adopt the champion's mindset. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and get good. So this is where the muscle analogy comes back in. You get good at and continue to work at identifying it when it happens. That's the muscle part of it. Right. Mm. So that's a skill that you develop. It's not like if you notice there's humans walking around that are never like, oh, let me stop and think about why this is I'm thinking this or why this is happening to me. There's, I mean, most people, I would say, are walking around unaware that this even exists. Right. Which is why Dr. Jeff is so brilliant and it, why he's helped so many people like entrepreneurs with this, yeah. because we are we are a special group in order to serve other people and therefore extract value and create wealth, we have to think about, we are forced to think about what somebody else wants and actually make them happy enough to fork over some dollars to us. That is a step beyond what the average person walking around will think about, okay? And then if you get to like another level past that, you become empathetic to what that person wants. And that's when we're starting to talk, you know, there's several levels above that, but like, in order to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to go through that step, right? And then once you do it enough, you sort of take it for granted, I guess, right? But we are a naturally more self-aware group of people because of that. Say, hey, I have to figure out what this, whoever you serve is, you know, like whoever you serve wants and let me make that easier for them. I, I can either help them save time, save money or make money. So- I'm going to have to do that somehow to, in order for them to pay me. 
right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's entrepreneurship in a nutshell. So if you can't be self-aware enough to flex that muscle and go, hey, my this is a, this is false. Okay, whatever happened to me in this lifetime as a mostly as a child, this is where this develops if you study it. Or if depending on your beliefs, you know, you got some baggage that you inherited. Thanks, previous folks. Right. <laughs> um, so you've, you, but you can't do anything about that. Right. Besides, get good at the skill of learning how to stop and pause when it happens and go, okay, I realize that this self doubt is creeping in again. And, and it's, totally freaking irrational it's only happening in my head that's the only place it's happening no one else sees this right if you can picture it like there's a little dark black box in your head and you go "Mm, i'm the only one listening to that voice right like my wife doesn't hear it she's like you did great today what are you talking about i'm like yeah i guess i kind of did like i'm gonna snap the hell out of it right that's what people say hey snap out of it right it's like, well, I'm sitting there listening. There's a negative guy in a little black box in my head. He's probably like a little alien or something, you know? And he's like, he's he's got the controls and the buttons and stuff. And he's going like, yeah, you suck. Yeah, that wasn't good enough. You know, blah, 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 blah. Right? That's your subconscious. And and the moment I've had the, the great experience of having that turned off for a few hours. Mm. through I did an Ibogaine treatment is how I did it. Wait, what was this again? A what? It was it was called it's called ibogaine. It's a African brush. It's it's plant medicine, mm-hmm. right? It's a lot like ayahuasca. Okay, um, but it's got different benefits, better benefits in my opinion. Um, but in June, I I did a ibogaine treatment, a, a macro dose of ibogaine. You you have a hallucinogenic state, um, but it also clears your receptors immediately there's like a ton of brain and uh neuro neuroscience benefits to it but it's also like a hard drive dump when you do it so the hallucinogenic stage it's like the reel of your life so it's it's like a if you picture old school movie reels you close your eyes yeah. and it's it's like you see all these visuals of wow. memories of your life and i saw other things i saw some very violent things i saw things that I, I don't recall happening to me at all. It was, it must be someone else's memory. Mm. Um, it just crazy stuff. Right. But during that entire period, the little voice inside my head was completely silent. My mm. subconscious was not active. It was relaxed or dormant. And it was just flushing out 45 years of, or 44 years at the time, <laughs> crap. Basically, that I've been is something around. you had to fly somewhere to because I want to get this yeah. after this. I'm, I want to get the spelling. I'll put it in the show of the team. Yeah, put sure. it in the show notes. Whoever's you, listening. Yeah, yeah. just but. Google. Um, it, It's illegal in the U.S., but it's it's probably going to very quickly become there's pe- people lobbying for this because it ha- like for drug addicts, mm-hmm. you know, we have a huge drug problem. Um, yes. And especially specific poor states in this country. Uh, but but it, it's fantastic for that. People's withdrawal symptoms it? stop. It's ibogaine. So it's the plant is called the iboga plant, I-B-O-G-A. It's a West African shrub. And the powder derivative of it is called ibogaine, I-B-O-G-A-I-N-E. Um, so again, I, like, I'm sorry for getting hella deep on this, but hopefully no. I can help people. I've had people tell me that this saved their life. They went down and 
you know, I had to fly to Cancun to do this. Um, it was by far the most profound experience of my entire life. Um, it was the best experience of my life right up there with me seeing my kids born, which was, and you know, this as a father, yes. like, yes, it, it was a close second, man. I mean, talk about miracles, dude. You just, mm. it was just profound. So to have that sense of like, Hey, I don't have that weight on my shoulders just for a brief moment for 12 hours. Right. And, and you feel like, like how divine we are, right? Like you, you hear that it's like in every religion, it's like we are divine, right? There's a part in, in every religion where it talks about that. And, uh, for the first time I felt that because mm -hmm. that little voice that was so, that has been so freaking brutal to me for like basically my entire life, it was finally off for a minute. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, so that, that helped me understand, not, not only like learn how to deal with it, but to understand it at a very root cause level, like that's my new cheat code is <laughs> like anytime that self doubt creeps in, right. I'm like, Oh, that's just my subconscious. It's turned back on. It's doing its thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I know what it feels like to have it off for a little while and I'm just going to remember. So I'm building that muscle saying saying to myself hey that's just a little voice in my head and what i do with it is up to me yeah and it so is, that's, uh, that's how i deal with anything on that front is it's a lot easier now put it that way right? yeah that i understand that been there continue to do that and it's catching and and the big thing is also it's who you surround yourself with if you're totally. constantly with time vampires that are just abusing your time, number one, hey, eventually, if you aren't catching that, that that falls on you. Um, yeah. But regardless, the people that you surround yourself with, who you keep in your company, and my, it might look like your circle is like this because of what you've built, and my circle is like this because of what I built. The reality yeah. is, the real circle can fit oh, in my smaller. hands it on who, like, I'm having these conversations with. Yeah, and. It's it, be, it becomes smaller that. out of necessity yeah. is what it is. You can't do the things that we're doing hanging out with average, the average person walking around. I'm not saying average people like that's a bad thing. I have friends who work a job, you know, they have their life. They're the hap some of the happiest people, you know, I know. Yeah. I have friends, some of the friends I grew up with, right? Like they have lives they don't want to change. And I'm like, dude, don't change. Like what, yeah. I wouldn't, most of what I go through to get, what we're doing here is I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's you, more. It, to, not people left. get destroyed going through certain steps. People will get destroyed and it's not knocking that I'm special and, and, no, and you're special and they're not. It's like, I wouldn't sit there and recommend the, the true, you know, there's, I'm an entrepreneur. And then yeah. there's like, I'm actually solving shit and doing stuff. Yeah. And oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I'm an entrepreneur. That's great. But the reality right. is it's, it's not easy. You've got cuts, bruises, bangs. Dr. Jeff says, listen, I won't trust or work with anyone that doesn't have some form of trauma because that means they haven't yeah. done it yet. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's almost like, it's not, it's not anything to praise or to no. compress down. It's, but it is like a rite of passage. That's really what I, I consider it. It's like, you can't, you can't be Elon Musk and do what he's done without going through so much trauma. And you've like, yeah. poor guys had it, you know, 
captured on video and photo and it's been so heavily publicized, but somehow he deals with it. You know, he's just kind of built different, but that guy's been through it. Y'all like, I wouldn't want his life. No. Put it that like way. him, dislike him at the yeah. end of the day, he's doing it. He's living it. He's breathing that. And you've got, you kind of answered this, but I'd see if we, maybe we can get maybe a little more specific thing, you know, mm -hmm. being able to adapt quickly and being nimble in, in what we do. Okay. It's, it's yeah. to me, it's, the key to success. Yeah. Is there a tool that you use in times of uncertainty or disruption while it's happening in real time? Like this is the tool. These are the steps that I use in real time when this disruption comes to me. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we both sort of share the same friend colleague. He's my mentor. I consider him a mentor, but Nick, you know, yeah. Nick Peterson has helped me a ton with this. Um, like any time that has happened to me, I, I feel like it's because I've I have either allowed things outside of my constraints in, like the the constraints I set out to put on mm -hmm. something, um, or I just plain like kind of got lazy and adopted something that somebody else wanted that I thought I wanted. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. Like, yeah. So you know, hey, I want that. Let's just, I mean, the easiest thing for most entrepreneurs, hey, uh, this person's making 300 grand a month, whatever. People pick that, right? Because they see people posting about it and their screenshots and they're like, oh, it must be such a cool Look lifestyle. Look my Stripe account. Yeah. Till Stripe so, shuts you down. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but then you get to the point where it's like, well, what is that person doing in order to get that? Right. And nowadays it's not like, it's no longer like, like I grew up kind of in the hood and it was like the people got the quick money. We're all selling drugs. It was just night and day. Right. Um, they weren't stealing. They weren't doing, you know, other stuff. It was, it was pretty clear. Like that's what it was. And so, so nowadays though, it's harder to like the internet money comes so fast and so easy to us. It's harder to delineate, put it that way. Right. I almost wish it was like, you know, some of my friends, <laughs> depending on the neighborhood they grew up in and the color of their skin, a lot of times, like um, a lot of it was gang and prison associated, even like the white guys, there was, there was gangs. And so mm -hmm. the inside ran the outside sort of thing. And like that meant drugs, you know, and other stuff, but, but it was very much like, Hey, I'm trying to get out of that life. I'd rather go back to a harder life of earning money. So I don't want the fast money anymore. And think about how difficult this is. I don't want the easy money because I know what it comes with. So I'm going to sign up for something that's more difficult to do that pays less. But in the long term, I know it's going to be better for me. Think about how hard that is, right? It's almost like that now with internet money, in my opinion. Like you see these guys who are flashing the numbers, but they've got this giant sales team, all this risk, whether the, the entrepreneur is aware of it or not is another story, but they've got all this risk out there. They're paying for ads, paying for salespeople. If one little thing, one little tweak happens, their entire business falls. It's house of cards. Yeah. Right? System reliability. Totally. So it's harder to spot now for, for those reasons. Their system is so fragile and it's so complicated. So this is, a, a, you know, something that Nick helped me with is like, just don't build another complex thing. Like tear down the complex ones to their simplest elements right? To create a system of reliability. You said it perfectly to where it's just churning out a predictable amount of money without the risk. 
with the least amount of risk possible. Yeah. There's risk in everything, right? Least amount of effort, least amount of risk, you know, highest potential for a, an outcome of yeah. what you and your partners are looking for. Yeah. So, you know, now in my business, I'm down to no employees and one VA and, um, two of my employees that one of them been with me for 10 years. The other guy was with me for six or seven years. Um, you know, and my business is just much simpler now and I'm able to focus on important things, not trying to constantly fix stuff. Mm. Right. And so usually when those things, those challenges come my way, it's a sign that that system, there's, there's a problem with that system that I created that, or I allowed to create, right. It got created by somebody. Maybe it wasn't even me. Like a team member was like, Hey, we need to go solve this problem, but it created all these other problems. So that's like super common, right? So whereas I would have saw that and gone like either, nope, that's not a problem or the prescription is to cut it, like cut that limb off, right? Which, you know, how do you expect an employee to understand that? Hey, you want me to cut off this source of revenue because like that's that's a stretch for them, for you to expect for them to think that through and understand all the moving parts and what mm -hmm. it means and like how much it costs, like that's just, that's not their job, right? Your job is the entrepreneurs to understand all that crap. And and when there's a, a limb that's like dragging the rest of your whole body down, yeah, it's a tough decision, but let's cut that limb off so that we can survive. And and here's right. one of the things that you say a lot of it, depending on which methodology and background, whatever, around the ages of 58, I think, is when we're supposed to be start shedding and cutting away. Yeah. And, and and you're in, you know, you're 45. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Understanding that it's time to start cutting away now is so far beyond what most people, it's like, I need more, yeah. I need to add more, I need more. And every time we add a piece, we're adding complexity and we're decreasing the amount mm -hmm. that when we turn that light switch on, it's actually going to turn on on there. Right. And it's okay to say, hey. There, there are seasons for relationships, partnerships, uh, em, em, employment, this, that, and the other. It's yeah. okay to shed. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's super healthy to do. Like it, given context to what we just talked about, it's hella, I mean, it's so healthy. Right. Um, I read an article by the guy, uh, from 37 signals, the guy who created base camp. I forget his name. It's like Jason something. Um, mm -hmm. anyway, he writes in uh, Ink Magazine, and I, I just love his writing style because I'm. <laughs> we talked about my learning style. I mm -hmm. I don't got much attention span in the first place for reading, um, but he wrote this article about creating space for things to to grow, and he's he made a great analogy. I th I think was um, useful. He said he bought an apple orchard. Mm. I guess with apple trees, um, if you don't prune them back the fruit gets crowded and it won't grow when it's the next season. So every fall he goes up to his property and it's, it's just sort of like therapeutic, I guess, for him to go through the seasons with this whole thing. And, um, but with a software business, that's why he keeps it so minimalistic. Everyone's like, Oh, why don't you add a thousand features? And he's, he's like, well, if I don't keep space for the fruit to grow, then no fruit will grow. That's his sort mm -hmm. of philosophy on website development or excuse me. Um, software development, not websites, but his, you know, he makes software products. And so people who love the minimalistic stuff are like super fans of Basecamp. So he does no advertising. He's got, you know, I don't know how many thousands of users now, but a crazy successful uh, software business. And he's got a really small team 
And all he does is he he spends most of his time cutting away, not adding things. Mm. Right. That's the whole point of it. Is like he's like, well, this is a cycle where I have to cut. Therefore, we can get the what we truly want, which would be like harvesting the apples yeah. in the springtime season. Right. So that's a cycle that he goes through. Nick calls it um, recapture and reallocate. I think. Right. So a similar exercise in business is going through all of your expenses because it's exponentially harder to go out and you know sell more in order to recapture yeah. the same amount as is just to like cut dead weight basically right raise the floor as opposed to the ceiling i call it so what we've been we you go. know something is uh, rounding the edges yeah you know it's removing the stuff and simplifying what you've already done or built or created just yeah. round your edges yeah so when you start to take a hard look at that and you can look at it with pretty unbiased let's call it unbiased eyes which is difficult <laughs> because it usually means your ego is going to get in the middle of this decision um mm -hmm. but meaning well i put i can't cut that loose i put we've put blah 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 into it right or that's a that thing's making 80 grand a month we're not going to cut that it's like yeah but dude basically break even on it and there's no upside it's just all risk yeah right you know, so um, so that segment of our business has to go so that we can trim it back so that the healthy part of our business, the one with the least amount of risk, the most amount of upside, can flourish and grow. That you know, that's a thing. Right. So that that again, like if you want to get down to it, to me that's it. It's not mm -hmm. any there's no like motivational video you can watch that's gonna help you with that. It's not about your feelings that day. <laughs> you know, it's very, it's very pragmatic and it's fucking stoic and shit. And, but that's how you get through those things successfully, right? Like I would, I would venture to guess, just to go back to someone like Elon Musk, he's very good at handling these things to the point where it seems to other people like it's a brutal snap decision, but he understands it so well now that muscle's so toned. It's so healthy. It's so, uh, you know, it's so well built. In, in his head, his decision-making process is so well-refined that this has somehow become easy to him. Someone yeah, like it's him. the compression. And that's what yeah. happens when, you know, someone coming in at the last minute and they're trying to see what you've been compressing while you're, while you've been working along this. And even like your subconscious is working, you know, sometimes for the yeah. good and sometimes, you know, not so much for the good. We just dis discussed that, but you're able to compress everything that might take people. Well, I need this information. I need this data. I need You've been doing it the whole time. And once you can refine that, as long as you don't get drunk on your own ego of saying, look how quick I can make response, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a process, but pruning your own process sometimes is also beneficial is like removing some of the steps. So you, you aren't looking at the label from inside the bottle. You aren't high on your own product. You can actually look, look at it from, you know, yeah. uh, the, 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 what do they call it? The, the all seers eye or the, you know, you're, you're looking at it from above. Yeah, it's like elevated and slightly above, meaning outside of yourself. If you were, if you have like a camera, right? So the like observer. in the NFL, yeah, they have this like I forget what they call the camera in the NFL, but it's kind of like above all the players. Mm -hmm. I, I view it like that. If you if you were to observe what you were doing and building from a third party perspective, so like it would be as easy as, like, have you guys ever? Uh, this was this was a crazy exercise to me, just recording like your own sales calls. You're like, no, mm. this is how it should have went down. When you record it, you're able to observe yourself doing it 
which is a different, completely different perspective, you get so much better at sales, for example, when you're able to observe your sales calls, not just do the sales calls, right? Yeah. So it's it's a way different perspective. I can't explain it even, right? It's like you feel like it's almost an out of body because you're like hearing you and, and you're recalling what you felt and you're you know why you said that at that moment, whether it was good or bad is another thing. But just being able to observe that moment from an elevated and um, meaning like a, outside of yourself for a moment, yeah. right? Is like crazy powerful, right? Um, I was about to bring up something on the total other end of the spectrum, but just something that's helped me is the theory of constraints. If you Google that, right? Yes. There's a process um, in lean manufacturing called the theory of constraints. And uh, it's about efficiency and systems and stuff like that. But there's a really good, if you just Google it and click on the first result, about halfway down that page, there's a um, a graphic that's a flywheel graphic of how mm -hmm. to use that basic process. To, it's like a five-step process to, it's a decision-making tool is what it is. Um on how to go through decisions and figure out how you can exploit specific constraints. Um, that's what us as entrepreneurs do. We find efficiencies when there otherwise aren't, right? Like, mm. or, or that people have not thought of yet or put together yet, or. I'm going to um, share the screen here in case anyone decides to watch the, the one and just tell me if I, I've got yeah, this do right it. here. Cause I've looked at yeah. this right here. So we have no oh, affiliation with ever, whatever no. website this is right here. So well, as, unless you're that. in manufacturing this website, you would never visit this website, but I, I just have found in my stupid caveman brain. And that's the only time I'll call myself stupid, but just to show you, this is the lowest common denominator in my opinion for learning this process. It's real simple. You just identify the constraint. So, for, let's say your constraint is a sales call, okay? Right? So you're like, hey, our sales are terrible. Like people aren't buying. Why? That's a constraint on your business, right? So how do we exploit the constraint? Well, there's several things you can do. The first one being you can listen to it, right? Listen to the recording of your sales call and have somebody come in and be like, here's what you're not, here, here are the things that you're not connecting the dots on. Like the client wants to buy from you or the potential client wants to buy from you but you are not explaining, you're not, you're not showing them a clear path on how they can get what they want, right? Once you do that, it's usually the same thing over and over and over again. So once you get good at connecting the dots on the sales call, then you can go, gosh, this feels like Groundhog Day. So maybe I should put a eight minute VSL, um, VSL video together. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing an hour long call with every single client, I'm answering the same questions. I'm explaining the same things. I'm going to put that into an eight-minute video and force them to watch it before they get on the call with me. Then I'm going to go from one-hour calls down to 15-minute calls, mm. right? So that would be an example of exploiting a constraint. On the assembly line, it's mechanical. It's easier. It's one or zero. I'm trying to give you a harder example because that's where most of us operate on this as entrepreneurs. We're not in manufacturing, right? Right. So then the next step is to subordinate and synchronize to the constraint. I kind of already just described that, but if you like brought on a team member, most people, that's their next thing is like, Hey, I, I got to hire a sales guy, let's say. So you can subordinate that process now that it's been figured out and you're largely repeating yourself and you found common denominators. Um, or you can, you know, create a VSL video. Um, but still it's like, okay, now I'm doing too many 15 minute calls a day. I can hand that down to somebody else. 
Next step would be elevate the performance of the constraint, meaning, okay, cool. We have found that this offer really helps the people who are on the fence, like get over the line. So if we sweeten the pot a little bit for people that are on the fence, we can improve that metric even further, right? Um, another example, if it's like a physical product is to figure out how to get, um, you know, economies of scale with your manufacturing, if you're mm -hmm. like selling widgets, um, and then the last step is just to repeat the process, meaning like, okay, we went through one round of optimizing the system. And as you know, Nick Peterson says, we optimize before we maximize. Yep. So let's get this to the point. We're going to do this once a month until it's like, we feel like that's a waste of time, meaning it cannot be optimized any further given the energy that we have as humans, <laughs> right? Meaning it's not worth it to put the time in to optimize it any further. Then you can maximize it. Then you turn ads on. Then you tell everybody, you tell the world that it's freaking awesome. And, um, you know, you start buying ads and stuff like that. But but that's just an example of how you can do that for every phase of your business, right? So from prospecting to or, or marketing to sales to fulfillment to retention, right? Um, the theory of constraints is just... Like, how do I keep this system as simple as possible? So I, can, I as an entrepreneur can work on optimizing those pieces. That's what I spend my time doing and getting leverage every time I complete that cycle and handing it down to subordinate, you know, things or people as I go. That's, that's how you get leverage as an yeah. entrepreneur. And that's how you no, that's that. And it's interesting. We kind of even talked a little bit about this without using the theory of constraints before we got on you know, the, the, the podcast here was yeah. just like a new process. It's like, Oh, I got to prove it first. And then I'm going to hand it off. And then we're going to, you know, rinse, you know, go on right through there. And, yeah. and too often, again, we, we, we get in the way of ourselves and we overcomplicate things like, oh, I've got to be, you know, this has got to be flashy and it's got to mm -hmm. be perfect before I launch. You know, we get in the way before we even take off. For sure. And it's, 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 it's common. It's normal. It's that's like, you shouldn't feel ashamed for doing that. Like it's human nature to do that. Right. But again, the skill, the reward comes from not that that happens. Like that happens to everybody put it that way. So that's like, if you're like, I'm an entrepreneur and I experienced that, I would say that's totally freaking normal. I would, I would have expected that for you. Right. Yep. Key is what are you gonna do with it? That's the difference maker. So every time you hear somebody from a motivational clip who's successful, blah, 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 they're very good at doing something about it. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, no, absolutely. Yeah. Maker. It's, you know, and I'm not, I'm not preaching the, like, again, it's not about us being better that, that we've figured this out or gone good at it. It's just very plain as day. That's the difference maker. Action right? organizes. So, we're, we're yeah. actually taking action on yeah. something. And again, that's not mine. I think that's also a Dr. Jeff right there, but action organizes. Yeah. So, so Dr. Jeff, very, you know, that he is, that he was an athlete, right? Mm -hmm. And that he has trained high performers in, in the athletic space. It's even harder for them. Like, think about that. Like, think about the little voice and that it's like, okay, this isn't a product or a service. It's me, you know? They are the product, product and service. service. Like, how do yes. you think that feels? At least you and I can sell something else that we don't, but like they have to, they're, they are the product. They are the sales oh. engine. Like, Man, I mean, the, yeah. the mind You don't get to step away and be like, oh, someone else will handle this mechanics yeah. of this. No, you are the mechanics. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, when he's helping somebody optimize, it's like, 
how do you get Usain Bolt to be Usain Bolt, like whoever the next guy is? You know, that's that's the game he's playing. So yeah. think about how many iterations of that cycle and process they have to do together to get that person, you know, one tenth of a one tenth of a second faster than the best guy on the planet. Yeah. Well, they're already in the top point zero 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 one percent of people out there. So they've already optimized the heck out of it. But that's still like fifth place in the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> like or whatever. Yeah. You know? So like that that's so when he's talking about that, that's what he's saying is that so in business, Elon Musk is probably like Usain Bolt is as an athlete, mm -hmm. right? You know, I don't I don't want to be Usain Bolt. I don't want to be like that person, but I'm good enough to give me the, like the, the outcome that I desire, I am achieving for the inputs that I'm operating within, right? So my business is, the inputs that I'm giving to my business is creating an output that I am happy with, put it that yeah. way, right? So- so yeah, when I was just going to say real quick for anyone yeah. that's listening, like Rob's like, Rob is actually a, a Usain Bolt in what he does in his industry. I mean, he's yeah. one of the, I mean, like you, you, you genuinely are not giving yourself enough credit, but I mean, I know that wasn't your, what you were meaning by any means, but yeah. you are like the Usain Bolt of what you do. I mean, in, in well, whether it's with GHL or it's the amount of people that you have impacted in their companies, you are. Well, thank you for that. I, um, it, it's hard for me to take compliments, I think. Um, it, and I, I accept it. Thank you very much. It's very generous and, um, you know, complimentary of you to say. But I always follow that up with like, I'm not special. I'm not like smarter than anyone. I think probably someone like Elon Musk is brilliant. And that's where the analogy can yeah. kind of stop. Like, I think that anybody can get good at this if they learn what to focus on mm -hmm. and and understand the process to get there. So like, I don't know if anyone's ever heard this, but you must fall in love with the process if you're an athlete, right? Like the journey, because if you're not enjoying it, there's nothing like, there's no reason why you should, like, remember when Andrew Luck retired out of mm -hmm. nowhere, he yeah. was like, dude, I wake up every day. I'm in pain. I've got all these injuries. Like, it's just not worth it to me. And everyone yeah. was saying he was going to be the best quarterback that ever played in the NFL. Like that was, he was on his way to being that. Right. And he still said, it's not worth it. And so he fell out of out of love with the journey to get that thing and, or he just didn't want that thing, I think. Right. So, so to me, you have to really somewhat be at least tolerant of this process to get there. If you want to go through all this, right. So have I helped a lot of people? Yes. But I've somewhat fallen in love with this process of getting better and this iterative cycle I I've started to enjoy the discipline of doing that has set me free right? Yeah. Physical discipline has set me free from all those bad thoughts in my head. So every day I got to move. I know that or else my mental health suffers that day. Very direct now, mm -hmm. right? If I go weeks without physical movement or exercise or, you know, um, resistance training, uh, I, I get to a really dark place real fast, right? And I'm not on any antidepressants or any of that. Like nothing is like I'm sober. I, I haven't had a drink of alcohol since I went to do the Ibogaine treatment, right? And so, so I'm very, but I, it's like, now I know, right? Like that is my medicine, right? The the food, the movement, this mm. iterative cycle, I, that's my performance standard now, right? And so the thing that I've begun helping people with is helping people figure out what they're, like how to navigate this because a lot, it's hard. It's like, 
you know, if, if you don't go through these cycles, then your business doesn't get better. And then it's not any better than a job. It's actually worse, right? Like it's easier to go. It, you can probably get closer to what you want working a job if you're not committed to getting, you know, good at these other things that entrepreneurship requires to give yeah. to make it worth it to get the thing that you want. Right. Does that make sense? It's like, no, very, it does. The process is the shortcut and it's taking yeah. that muscle and it's doing it over and over and over again. It's the repetition, but the process is, sure. is, is the shortcut when it comes to entrepreneurship. Exactly. Repetition. That's, you know, I mean, like I, I've had my wife in one of our oldest companies. She's like, I could do what you do. Yeah. And she's like, I've heard you say the same thing over and over again with just different variations because she's like, you've perfected it so much. You just, you can go yeah. on autopilot, but she's like, you still care. You actually, it's about the process. For sure. I mean, I've, I've teased the thought of retiring many times because I'm like, I've got this system. It's not broken. It yeah. keeps, continues to work every day. I could just be fine with that. But um, yeah, that, that is the thing. Once you get good at it and, and that's, you know, I, I think as you become, if, if you study entrepreneurs and like wealthy people in general, they've got some sort of process that makes it so they don't have any $0 days, right? So you talked about raising the floor earlier. I've got recurring income now from, you know, I helped high level launch uh, out of beta a long time ago. And I was their only affiliate for like the first year, really. And then they asked me to recruit some people. And now their whole affiliate program is their marketing and sales department. They they have, I think, like eight marketing and sales people and they're a multi-billion dollar company now. So they basically have no humans <laughs> Thoroughly working on this with the rare exception of a few, you know, key people. Um, but they don't have departments for those things. The affiliate, they call it their affiliate army because their affiliates are their salespeople, right? Yeah. So I sort of helped them develop some of the key features at the beginning uh, through high level. And just full disclosure, I own a small piece of equity in that company and I'm their top grossing affiliate of all time. So uh, I'm biased, of course. Love mm. their product, love the team. But they, once when we got that whole thing moving, I was like, I was still in active income land, right? Where I was like, I have to eat what I kill. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll never forget. I woke up one day and I was like, you know what? I'm just curious. It's gotten so the recurring revenue from my commissions from being a high level affiliate and, you know, moving so many people off of other platforms onto high level is so great now. If I just stopped today. Uh, my family would be taken care of. And I want to look at what that looks like on a daily basis. Like who are the actual customers who are paying this to afford me this lifestyle? What did, what did I do to get them on there? Cause mm. like at a certain point, I just, you know, I've done thousands at this point, thousands of people help people with this. So they all kind of blur together at a certain point, you know? Um, but it's crazy. Those people have insanely, productive businesses for the most part. And there's some people, you know, who are still struggling or figuring things out, of course, but the amount of things that I created and the small amount that I get back from them just by referring them to the software company has afforded me this lifestyle where I don't have to do much anymore. And every month that I continue to do it, like at a certain point, about a year later, my active income got eclipsed by my recurring income through high level. Right. And now I just basically solely, I mean, we make a little bit off of other stuff, but I, I just continue to grow that number. That's my focus is just like yeah. more recurring revenue. Right. And that's the boring part. People get bored. They're like, 
dude, I can't say the same things every day. It happens to me too. Yeah. But then I have to snap out of it and go, but that's the, th it, the same self-doubt voice is the one that allows you to get comfortable too. Like, you don't need to do that. You're comfortable, bro. Like, and, but that's why I force myself to do uncomfortable things. Like I forced today, I lifted more weight, more weight above my head than I had ever previously in my entire life. And it was, it felt great. And my wife and, you know, my trainer were there and stuff. We work out in like small group sessions and, um, and I was like, yeah, but really I did that for the feeling and the mental health aspect of it so that I could squish that little voice later. It wasn't about yeah. the weight itself. And, you know, um, it was, it was about being able to squish that voice that said, yeah, stay, stay comfortable or which is the same voice. This is the mind F part of it. It's the same voice that's telling you to be comfortable. It, it, it's the one that gives you all that self-doubt. Self mm. And so I'm equally as passionate about squashing that voice, no matter what it's saying to me now, because I'm aware of it. Right. So I don't really need more money. It's just, that's the function that it serves is like me going through this cycle and continuing to operate it creates that outcome, which is a good outcome. The more that we make and earn, the more, the better future our kids have, the more we can give away. Like we just, I think it was last year, then it was two years ago at this point, uh, maybe a little more even, but anyways, what we're able to, um, donate like a sum of money. I won't tell you how much it was, but it was a lot, uh, to our kid's school, built a brand new library. It's like this dope, legit library at our kid's school. Um, like we would have never been able to do that if I hadn't helped so many people, right? Like we have friends who are like doctors and stuff and they've got um, college tuition bills and overhead from their business. They got a loan to open their business and stuff. You know, they can't drop that amount of money for a new school. Like they can, some of them can barely, they're doctors. They can barely afford to send their kid to private school. Like we, you know, it's yeah. a lot. So, um, so, but, but that's, that's the thing that I keep telling myself is that this is a healthy, productive way to live life. It just happens to be that, that the, the, the way that I'm living just happens to be what is helpful as an entrepreneur and I'm creating value in the marketplace and that's good for my family as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, to, to, I've got a few questions left as we're getting yeah. closer to the end here. You've sure. shared so much. You have like behind the curtain of like what it really is. Yeah. Like, you know, for anyone again, that, that that's listening right now, Rob has done very well for himself, his family, his partners, people that are around him. Like I'm talking very well. And yet <laughs> he's going through the same things and working on himself, it's... shedding away, realizing that that voice is there just because there's more money coming in doesn't hurt. Yeah. At no point are we saying, but it doesn't mean that the previous generations of, of the conversations that were had or were never had are not sitting inside you right now and what to do with them. It's okay. You know, there's, well, there's it, something that we, that, that, that is, you know, currently out there that is drawing you to it, you know, go towards those people that can help you work through those moments right now. Yeah. It, it's like, it's a constant reflection and reminder of really who you are. I mean, yeah. people can smell bullshit a mile away nowadays, right? It's very easy to tell. And so, so I think that if you're up for that, it's a good path.
it's it's got a lot of fruit on the other end, you know. And it, so you get decent at this stuff. You don't have to even be great. Yeah. Get you just have to outwork. Know. A lot of it is. Here's the uh, yeah. thing. A lot of people are lazy. Yep. And not the brightest. Yep. But you don't have to be the brightest. All you have to do is outwork the next person and care along the way. Agreed. You have to care. You have to outwork them. Um, but a lot of people can't deal with the constant reflection on themselves yeah. that it brings to right? Because that's a thing. You see, I mean, you and I both know people who are running this game and there it's, it's a house of cards and you see that they're avoid, they're still avoiding the thing in the mirror, right? Like where it's like, meaning they're not like, they're punting it down the road. They're, mm -hmm. they're sweeping it under the rug, but yeah. they're not being their true authentic self and they're not addressing it. But entrepreneurship does that. It shines a very, very bright light on your problems as a person, like your personal yeah. problems, it just does. And so like, are you willing to address those? Cause you're only going to be able to get so far with so many people that like meeting customers and like, you know, the, the, the by far the biggest thing that lim is that is the biggest limitation in entrepreneurship is yourself as the yeah. operator and the person who runs it. Right. So that's what I'm talking about. Yes. You have to do the things you said, um, I think probably everybody, it's like, if you're going to be in the Olympics, of course you have to show up and work hard and train and, you know, pay attention to your nutrition, of course. But in entrepreneurship, it's a little different. It's like, you're not the product, but we're happy to kick you in the nuts if your product isn't wanted. Like the market Constantly. gets Fs. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's going to happen probably anyways, just because people are negative. Like, People aren't afraid to tell you it sucks who are never going to be a buyer yeah. anyway. So it's hard you to get not, far not. enough down the entrepreneurial journey and people are going to tell you, you suck. Yeah. You're going to have, you haven't yeah. made it until you have haters. Yeah. You know, I think totally. is what I've heard before out there and people that poke holes in what you're doing. That's okay. Yeah. It's going to happen. But are you looking yeah. out the window or the mirror? You kind of alluded to, you know, windows and mirrors right there. But the reality is uh, you don't want to sit in your own echo chamber. Because uh -huh. all you're going to hear yeah. is the reverberation, positive or negative, but still you're just going to hear the same thing over and over and over again. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, typically when someone invests in their future, they have a better than vague idea of what the outcome is going to be. They have an expectation of the people that are going to be in the rooms and, and, and what, you know, what could happen. What should people expect when they enter your reality and work with you? Um. Well, I think that, you know, again, this is something that I, I've developed over time, but the thing that I'm pretty good at is mm -hmm. helping people, instead of just adopting something they see and mimicking it because they think it's good, trying to figure out what, what exactly they want out of this whole thing and then helping them with a plan to get there, right? Mm. So I have tactics, like people know me for database reactivation, which is a strategy to reactivate your previous uh, customers and mm -hmm. clients and um, maybe people who are, um, you know, dormant on your list, put it that way. Um, that's just a tactic though. It's, it's a really good one, but it's, it's still just a tactic. So the thing that I really help with is, um, you know, figuring out what you actually want. How do you get closer to what you actually want in life, right? And how can you use this business and use entrepreneurship to get there quicker and safer than you otherwise would, right? And how do we craft that machine that, you, you know, you brilliant, brilliant, 
excuse me, I can't talk now, brilliantly brought up earlier, uh, the machine, the system, you know, what are, how can we simplify that so that there's as few amount of steps as possible in the shortest time period possible so that you can get closer to what, what you want. Of course, helping people along the way, you can't get there without helping people and creating value. But most people, once they get to this stage, they're obsessed with what their customer wants at a certain point. They get to this point where like, okay, I understand I have to provide value for my customer. So it's all about what they want. It's like, no, this is a dance. It's a lot like, more like dating. You know, mm -hmm. you have to get what you want and be assertive about that and add constraints to that while still serving the marketplace or else this whole thing doesn't work for, or at least for very long. Right. We, we don't want the house of cards. We want the system reliability. So this thing starts every time, every morning you wake up the non-zero day, every morning there's money coming in. Right. And the people are happy to continue to do that for the reasons that, that you help them with. Yeah. Right. So that's the goal. That's really the, the carrot. It's just, most people don't have enough foresight in today's um, economy to put those things together, or sit down and study or, or go through the trial and error of it. So really, I'm just like helping folks shortcut that, right? By nice. telling them what I've learned and showing them that the system reliability is the shortcut. Like you said, the process is the shortcut. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what I try to help folks with when they come into my little world, my little corner of the internet, so to speak. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, there's always new ideas brewing in times of prosperity, but I believe that creativity and ingenuity um, come when we start feeling the squeeze. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? Um, You know, I, I've been, you know, like I'm in a different season of life than I was when I started entrepreneurship. And mm -hmm. so this has changed a lot. Um, but over the next 12 months, I'm actually adding more constraints than I ever have <laughs> to my own business. Um, and so really the things that I'm working on now are it's, it's fewer, it's a fewer amount of things. Um, but the things that have previously worked, I'm working to sort of remove myself from even further. Right. So like things like the high level stuff. Like I've said that so many times that, you know, in this final stage of optimization, I'm making it so that like, you know, maybe my VA needs to check on things, but everybody can still get served that same amount of goodness without there being a human involved. Mm. Right. So we've created like a, a community for folks to learn through that. And we're giving away more free content than we ever have before. Um, which you guys are welcome to have and um, and we'll certainly uh, contribute to the give uh, a portion of what we've got. But in the next 12 months, specifically to answer your question, I'm actually creating a, um, a, a, a small paid community, pretty exclusive small paid community with all of my knowledge, like all this stuff that we've been talking about today. I don't have like a course on it or anything, but I'm beginning to talk about it enough to where I want to start to like put everything that I've ever created plus the stuff that I enjoy talking about in one place. Mm. And that's what I'll be working on. Um, so, you know, limited access to me. I'm not doing any done for you services or like, you know, bespoke trainings or one-on-one -on -one work yeah. anymore. I, don't, I just don't need to, and it's not leveraged. Um, but I will be doing like one to many trainings and, um, you know, uh, dropping all this knowledge that I'm being accumulate in this season of my life 
into there. Uh, and it's the volume is actually pretty high, like at this phase, because when I'm when you get out of the day to day of it, mm -hmm. you have a lot more time to focus on, you know, the stuff that act, that really moves the needle, and that stuff actually excites me, right? Nice. It, it excites me to learn it and then um, sort of send it through my little optimization process and then reshare it as I go through it. So it's a bit of an older over the shoulder thing, but it's all around this stuff. You know, Beautiful. it's like, yeah, it's like mindset. Um, the neuroscience stuff fascinates me too. So like that part of what we talked about today, like I said, I could probably spend days talking to you about just that thing. Because yeah, in itself, like when that podcast launches, let me know. Cause yeah, happy to. I want to get on it. That's a lot of the stuff that has been appearing in my life lately yeah. Um, over the last like year, year and a half. And, and it's, it's interesting, you know, it's almost like you, you put it out into the universe and it starts coming back with people that are around. You're like, Oh, you're into this for sure. Oh, real? And, and you get to start learning even deeper with other people in a domain that you sat there and thought that you were alone. And here's yeah. the thing, Rob, and I, I'm, I'm pretty certain someone's told you this before, but I want you to know, and I'm being genuine, Rob, you're not alone. Anyone yeah. that's listening Thank to this, you. you're not alone. It's, it's a shit effed up place out there and the yeah. reality is the small intimate conversations that need to be had there are the places for that we want this to be a yeah. place to where like you know that and that that yeah. people are there for you totally and and something that's interesting that i found is like the more successful people you hang out with like the people who are truly doing well the more that they talk about that kind of stuff more than anything they don't talk about money or taxes or like you know, tactics. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe, but like, it's not like I just name a person that I met that you guys have heard of. And we're talking about stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like, how do I navigate this as a human? Not, you know, how do I save 5% of my taxes? Maybe, I mean, that might be like a tiny percentage of the conversation. But, you know, if you're, if you got a three hour lunch with someone or you have dinner with someone or something or you're at, you know, some high level thing where you're talking with successful entrepreneurs, like they're talking about, you know, things that like, how do they get through these things? How do they handle those situations? Like what makes them happy? Like, is it their kids, their dogs, you know, traveling? Um, it's usually like, no, the business is like there to serve a function. By the way, I'm also a human dude. Yeah. So like, that's you know, not you who I am. Exactly. You know, that is a yeah. byproduct of what has been built, but that does not define my legacy exactly. inside of that. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, you get to a certain point, entrepreneurship is a game. Business is a game, right? There's rules. There's, it's just like, you know, so do you want to keep playing the game? At what level? How much time do you want to put? Like all these things are just up to you yeah. at the end of the day. And who do you want to spend your time with becomes a huge one, right? Like, like, you know, like hanging out with Nick and all the good people that he brings. It's like, that's a great use of time. Yeah. And we've all been to that thing, that shitty mixer, basically, where it's full of people who are just trying to sell each other crap. And you're like, dude, this was the biggest waste of my time in, in life. And I feel like I need a shower afterwards. And there's a reason for that. It's like you went to Atlantic City afterwards. Yeah, totally. And, and so, you know, it doesn't have to be greaseball, unfun, like... I'm just miserable through all this. It should be the opposite. Like you should be sort of enjoying the entire process. It should be fun. You should be around people that, are, you know, are uplifting to you. 
And if you're not, but this is the part, the mirror part. If that's not happening for you, it's your fault. You didn't like, I didn't call Brandon up and go, Hey man, I just, I, I know I never asked you for nothing, but can I just vent to you today for a minute? Or like, I feel like shit. Like no one does that. Right. Including me. It's like the hardest thing for me mm -hmm. to do. So, but, but that's the thing is that that's the part of the game. That's brutal. It is your freaking fault that that didn't happen. You're not attracting those things. You're being an asshole, especially to yourself, yeah. probably. Right. Yeah. Don't be so, an a-hole and to those around you. you the, like the signs sure. are there. Like the breadcrumbs have been there the entire time. Actually take the time to sit back and be an observer and be like, hmm, that's yeah. interesting. Maybe I should sit with this as opposed to running from it. Dude, at any time, I don't say a freaking word when, when I'm with people who are, who are at, like at a higher level of the game than me and I want to learn from them. I don't say a damn thing. I just listen. Yeah. If God came Thanks. right now, would you ask him a question, ask them a question, or would you just listen? This is a conversation. That was the type of conversation I was in last weekend in, yeah. in Arizona was like conversations such as that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, you know, can you just shut up enough for a minute, like humble yourself enough for a minute just to like, listen and like truly listen, like actively listen, right. To what's yeah. being said. Um, so it's, it's great, man. It's the best to me. It's I would I wouldn't I wouldn't be happy doing anything else for all the reasons that we talked about today and more. But it's also the most difficult. And I think those two things. I mean, there's a reason why it's like that. Yeah. And and I'm here if for it. Wasn't it. everyone would be doing it? <laughs> well, totally, because yeah. it would just be easy money. But that's not how it works. Yeah, That's not no. the reality of how it works, you know? All right. I got one last one here for you. You know, um, I believe in living life through the give mentality. It's the principle in which I've based every company partnership and uncoincidentally, it's the name of the podcast, the give. Mm -hmm. yep. We ask that every guest on the podcast uh, to share a little sneak peek of what their give will be for the listeners that we're going to place over in TSF, the success finder. Sure. What do you brought today that you're going to give to the listeners, Rob? Yeah, totally. So um, I, I briefly mentioned this before, but just like my best tactic for a quick win um, in business is reactivation campaigns. Some people call them client reactivation campaigns or customer reactivation campaigns. Um, we've got a really sort of unique way that we do that using high level of the software as a tool mm -hmm. so that you have maximum leverage. You can deploy this in under an hour with no ex previous experience, no technology, all that stuff. And you can go make money with it right away for yourself or your, if you've got a client, you can do it for your client and charge them money. So mm. that's kind of like my gift to the world um, is we've refined that process till the cows come home to get it under an hour. And then we've got the gift of high level as a tool to make it even easier. We used to do it manually and it was still worth it, but it took a ton of time and a lot of effort and some, you know, more expertise. And now it's pretty much just like paint by numbers. So happy to give you guys that entire front to back training. It's it'll, it'll take you under an hour to, um, watch the videos. They're very bite size, um, and do the thing. So, uh, if you think you don't have time to go and do it, you're wrong. <laughs> if, if, um, you, if it takes an hour to actually go through and implement it, I, I yeah. already, I thought of someone at one of my oldest companies that I'm gonna be like, Hey, I'm going to have you go through the process because we have a fairly large database of active and inactive people, you know, yeah. over 10,000 active in one of them, but we have, Tens of thousands that are probably inactive. Yeah. Like, just go do this and see how we can re-engage. Oh, it's the best. It's like, you know, if you did this once a quarter, you probably wouldn't need to ever run ads or worry about getting new clients. Put it that way. 
mm. right? That, that's how powerful it is. Um, so yeah, reviving an old list, uh, prospect list. Even I've even had people do it from the contacts in their phone, their cell phone, and it's it's very very effective, right? So we give you everything there. There's a full like reactivation guide. It's like the ultimate reactivation checklist. Uh, so we'll upload all that to you uh, for you in success finder. You guys can have that, use it, make money from it. I, I want you to use it. Um, you don't owe me anything. It's like, it's, it's literally like the best training we have and it's been optimized down to probably it's as low amount of time as we can without doing you a disservice and skipping steps, put it that way. So beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm telling you, take advantage of this. I already thought in the conversation, which the conversation spanned in areas that I didn't know we were going to talk about today because it's not exactly planned out. But I mean, like yeah, from the mental to the personal to the growth to the reactivation uh, piece, we've we've spanned quite a bit today and we probably could continue going on. You know, the meat and potatoes of this is that is that voice that's mm -hmm. sitting there and and whoever, you know, my friend that's listening to this right now, you're not alone. You're loved. There is a place for you. Now, got to work for it. You yeah. can't be lazy, yeah. but there are places for you. So we'll make sure even with the give, the gift that you just gave, um, uh, Rob's got a, a beautiful, brilliant community on another platform that that's it's, it's a great platform out there. It's not Success Finder, but we recommend, you know, go over there, take a look, engage in there, and we'll make sure that they have uh, a way to enter that world as well of your other community. Because um, Rob used to be on Facebook, but he's pulled himself off Facebook, his community off yeah. Facebook, and it's done it's done done great and more. Yeah. I think I remember you telling me like we went from this many numbers down to here, but the engagement has <sighs> just drastically changed because of it's a distraction free place, and that's what we want for people. Whether you're on our platform or someone else's, we've we've had Rob Bailey today, man. Rob, thank you for just like shedding the cloak behind yeah. like what it really is like for a high achieving, high performing individual, not only a father, but a husband, a business partner, and and a dear friend. Thank you so much for what you shared with us today. Yeah, happy to, man. Um, and, and I just want to like, just underscore this as a last point. The only reason why I share that stuff is because people have told me that it's useful and helpful. And some people have told me it's helped them in very profound ways as well and in different capacities, right? Um, so if any of you guys, you know, want to ask me questions about that kind of thing, I'm happy to answer them to the best of my ability. I'm, I don't claim to be an expert in any of the things I just rattled off, okay? But I'm just sharing them because that was my personal experience and um, people have told me that it's helpful. So I just want to be clear, like I don't claim to be an expert on any of that stuff. And, yeah. you know, you shouldn't expect me for me in the DMs to become some PhD scholar of this. That's not what I do, y'all. Like I'm a business guy, right? Yeah. I'm just trying to share with you what I've, my journey and what's helped. And I think that if, um, if that resonated with you, I like, I'm happy to privately answer things or you can post to my group and tag me and, you know, I'm sure Brandon, um, will allow that too, but, Absolutely. but oh. it's, it's worth, it's worth saying something and commenting on it. If, if that was helpful or you feel any way about it, I think it's a good conversation to have. And I don't think we talk about it enough. So yeah. that's just my opinion. But, now, yeah. Rob, thank you for having this enlightening, enriching conversation. Thank you for what you yeah, shared man. today, man. Appreciate your big love. Happy to, man. Appreciate you having me.